Hello everyone, welcome to NBA Unwrapped, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NBA. I'm your host, Corbin Weinerman, joined by, as always, Perry Aston, and this time we're actually in person, so Perry, go ahead and say hello. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And today we also have a very special guest. He's been on one of our podcasts before, but now he's back, and now also in person, Christian McGowan. Christian, how are you? Hey, how y'all doing? It's good to be in this California weather. Uh, yes. I right, got a big day for you guys. We're all together today. Um, so if you are listening out there, we have a lot to talk about. I want to start with our Twitter. I want to thank everybody for being as active as you always are on the NBA Unwrapped Twitter page. Um, so yeah, thank you for all that. As everyone saw, we shared some awesome videos of Dennis Smith Jr. high-flying the insane play by Porzingis on both ends, uh, LeBron James' crazy night. So much to talk about tonight. LeBron passing Kobe so for uh, 29,000 points. Let's yeah, talk about yeah. it. To get into really it. quickly before we get into that, though, let's just remind everyone really quickly, in case you aren't following us on Twitter, you can follow us at NBA Unwrapped. You can also follow me on Twitter at CorbinMRPK. Perry, your account is um, at yeah, mine's my uh, first and last name, P-E-R-R-Y-A-S-T-O-N. And what's uh, yours, Christian? Uh, at K-R-I-S-M-E-G-O-W-A-N. Okay. And then also remember that you can listen to our podcast either on SoundCloud or you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. So whichever one works better for you, we're on both. All right. Now let's jump into our podcast. So... Yeah, let's start off with uh, just some different stuff about the Cavaliers. we got a few topics to hit. First, let's start with talking about LeBron James, like you mentioned, Perry, passing Kobe Bryant as the youngest ever to score 29,000 points. So he is the seventh player in league history to reach that number. The previous youngest person to get to 29,000 was Kobe Bryant, who reached it at 33 years, 199 days. LeBron James got there in 32 years, 308 days, so... About half a year, a little over half a year, separating the two of them. Um, Christian, you know what? Since you're the guest of this show, <laughs> we will start with you for this topic. So, what do you think about that? Um, I think that is a nod not only to how LeBron plays, but his longevity. Uh, by this time, Kobe had been dinged up just a little bit on the road to getting this accolade, but uh, LeBron has been uh, surprisingly injury free outside of that time. He had to wear a mask for a little bit. If you want to call that injury, but um, yeah, if you asked me this question like six years ago, I probably would have been like, "Yeah, Kobe's just way better than LeBron." And That's us being from LA. For me, I would like a stone throw away from the Staples Center, and uh, but yeah, I just think this is just further proof that LeBron James is the best player that uh, we have currently see seen play. Um, I mean, let me chime in and tell you about the company that he just joins. Uh, as the seventh player to pass this a crazy number, it's with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain, and Dirk Nowitzki. So, you know, he's joining great company. So we wanted to mention that, as well as the fact that he did beat out Kobe, who is, of course, one of my childhood heroes, one of the best players I ever got to witness, and, of course, being able to witness LeBron James, too. Uh, if you're an NBA fan, that's bias at all and maybe salty that can't appreciate LeBron James's greatness I feel sorry for you I don't care what fan you are you got to appreciate that you're witnessing one of the best and one of the greatest of all time so yeah yeah Christian I like your point just about how he's been able to stay 
relatively healthy throughout his entire career. It really is pretty incredible when you think about it because he's just so big and he uses his strength to his advantage, but being around the other big guys in the NBA, going to the lane and being as physical as he is, you would just think no matter how his body is, how big he is, eventually he's going to break down and there's going to be injuries. We saw this with Shaq, who is probably the largest human being to ever play in the NBA. Probably the most physically imposing player ever to set foot on an NBA court. Um, But with LeBron James, I think other than he had that one stretch when he came back to the Cavs in 2015 where he took two weeks off because his back was bothering him and he was dealing with a few other small issues. From um, an NBA player having just wear and tear. Like yeah. Besides yeah. But that, other than that, I, major I believe he has never missed more than six games in a row consecutively. And that's just incredible. You think about it, just even a sprained ankle can keep a lot of people out for longer than that. So that's definitely Darren some Bruce. luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's definitely some luck. That goes into it, but I mean, it's amazing when you think about it. And then LeBron James, he right away when he got into the NBA, he was scoring. I think his rookie year, he averaged right around a little over 20 points per game. You compare that to Kobe, who they both came right out of high school, so they were the same age. Kobe's rookie year, he averaged seven points a game. His second year, he went up to 15 points a game. LeBron James was around 27 points per game his second year, so even though if you were to ask most NBA fans who's the better scorer, Kobe Bryant or LeBron James, they're going to say Kobe Bryant. I mean, it's, and, it's just so different. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Different game but I'm saying that also LeBron James just, he had that head start and that he was the man on this team from mm-hmm. the first day he got right. there. That Kobe, can kind of inflate your total you know, career points per game when you have a year that you're averaging yeah, 7 right, like 15 exactly. where you know, exactly. LeBron was the guy, put the team on my back and... Maybe a little bit more mature uh, body-wise coming yeah. into the league. And that's where just stats can sometimes be misleading. Because exactly. you look at Kobe Bryant's points-per-game averages versus LeBron's points-per-game averages. I don't have the exact totals in front of me, but I know LeBron James's career average is higher for points-per-game mm-hmm. than Kobe. But like we just talked about, he also had a pretty good head start. If you take yeah. out Kobe's first few years, I would assume that they're at least pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron gets a little bit more of rebounds and Assist. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I guess the follow-up question on all of this, we're talking about Kobe, we're talking about LeBron James. If you had to start, and Perry, we've had this conversation on previous podcasts talking about the best players of all time, but if you had to start an NBA team from scratch and you could choose one player to build around, mm-hmm. are you going with LeBron, you going with Kobe, you going with someone else? Well, in this sample, you're kind of insinuating that you're going to have LeBron for the whole duration of his career. Um, we can look at Kobe and, you know, there was some times where we thought he was going to leave LA, but you know, with his, he never left LA. So, you know, when you build your team around Kobe, you're getting a franchise star who's going to be there. He might give a push a little bit to management where LeBron James runs management. So I wouldn't build it around LeBron just because I would have to deal with LeBron. I don't know if I would get him for as long as having Kobe Bryant, who, you know, was there during the you know, really bad years of the Lakers. And, um, you know, that's when they talked about him possibly being traded. But, you know, he stayed on the Lakers. So I'd rather build around Kobe with the pretenses that I think I would keep him for the duration of his whole career. And where LeBron might go and do his little Miami thing and where he might go do his L.A. thing, hopefully, uh, this summer. No, I mean, but, I, see, I see what you're saying about that. But, I mean, that goes right back to us talking about how healthy he is all the time and how consistent he is. He's a workhorse. He's crazy coming down the lane. He's the most imposing player in the league that we have right now. 
I'm I'm gonna have to go with LeBron James. Even as a huge Kobe Bryant fan, I'm wearing a Lakers hoodie right now, and it's <laughs> it's funny to say that. But he put that on just so he can say that. No, I mean I was just cold. You know, it's uh, LA's getting a cold winter because we had a you know very long hot it's summer this out. this year. But uh, it's nice. But yeah, so pretty much just wanted. I mean, LeBron James is undeniable. He's crazy good, and just like we said, coming in and being the man right away. From the second he's touched floor on the NBA, he's been he's belonged there. And, yeah, he's been a man among boys. So I'd yeah. have to stick with him just on the fact that I've been able to witness that. And of course, I had Kobe. It was a little bit of a different time because of when the two of them came into the league. But you know, seeing LeBron coming as a kid almost and grow into who he is now, and how Kobe left with the whole farewell thing, and how great he used to be. You know, it's just really an opinion kind of point at that, you know, at that point. But for me, it's going to have to be LeBron James at this point for me. This and on Saturday, November 4th. <laughs> I don't but, think it's going to be changing. November yeah, but if this different. was maybe two, three, five years ago, I don't know. Maybe my bias opinion would have been different. But. Yeah, I I actually agree with you, Perry. I think, uh, Christian, you bring up some valid points with Kobe. And I think for the first 46 minutes of the game... I'm taking LeBron James. The last two minutes of the game, I'll take Kobe over sure. LeBron. Kobe has that killer instinct that LeBron has a killer instinct, but just not the same level as Kobe's killer instinct. I mean, you can probably put Russell Westbrook and Michael Jordan as maybe the only other two to have that same level of killer instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, between Kobe and LeBron, I'll take LeBron for 46 minutes. So I'll take him over Kobe to build the team around. Um, if I'm taking anyone in NBA history, We've talked about this before, before I'm going with Shaq. But between those two, yeah, I'm taking LeBron James. He makes his teammates better. Kobe kind of, there's a narrative out there that he was a ball hog and didn't help his teammates. I think he somewhat did help his teammates. He challenged them, pushed them in practice, made them better players. But yeah, LeBron no, I, James is a much better It's um, It's a different player. time, and it was it's a different... I mean, LeBron, no matter where he's gone, and I know we couldn't really say anything because Kobe played for the Lakers his whole career, but we saw LeBron in the beginning with, in Cleveland. We saw him go to Miami. And we saw him now where he is. And no matter where he, he's been, that team's won. No matter where he hasn't been, with the exception of obviously Miami with Pat Riley there, being able to keep some pieces there and rebuild and not really take a huge, huge, huge hit from him leaving. But remember Cleveland when he left the first time, they were in shambles when LeBron left, and that was after them being a playoff contender every single year just because of LeBron James. Then he went and built the super team, and now he's back, you know, 1-1 for, for Cleveland. The second super team. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, LeBron's right, great, no, and no matter where he's this. been, he's always been great. So we're talking, we're talking as if we're like an uh, NBA owner, correct? Okay. Yeah. So, so would you rather be the Cavs NBA owner and get the one amazing championship, or would you rather be the Miami owner and come in and snipe LeBron for only four years, get two championships, and then he's gone? See, when when you ask me this question, I. I feel like you could have Kobe and still be you know the Miami and get LeBron, whereas if you're the Cavs, you're going to get one championship out of your franchise player, and he's going to be gone. So Yeah, well... I don't know, that question's I mean, a little his, misleading, because you're not saying who's better. I his career... If we're talking about between owners, I was just talking about if you want to start a team around one of them. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about owners, would I rather be the Miami owner? 
Would you rather in a in a talking about throughout LeBron's career, right? So because I mean, hypothetically, would you rather be the Cavs? You know, you're building a team. Would you rather be the Cavs owner and get the one championship in eight years, or would you rather be the uh, Miami owner only happen for four years but get more? Because you're going to be putting more time in, only getting one championship. Right. I think. I mean, I'm trying to completely understand it. So, what about? I mean, LeBron's been on Cleveland much longer than he's been with Miami. So exactly. Yes, Miami won two championships with him. Also, if we're talking about just throughout the time since LeBron got into the NBA, Miami also won another championship with Dwayne Wade in that span, whereas Cleveland did not win during the initial <laughs> time frame that LeBron was in Cleveland before he went to Miami. But Cleveland, LeBron James put Cleveland on the map. Before 100%. 2003, oh, yeah. no without one cared Le- about Without LeBron James, who, who are the Cleveland Cavaliers? Yes, winning is what you play for. Winning is the most important thing. But mm-hmm. if, for instance, let's say the Miami Heat, they had those four great years with LeBron. I know they've been competitive since, but let's say that they ended up being kind of like the Cavs were once LeBron left, where they were just the bottom of the NBA for these last three years. Mm-hmm. Would I rather want two championships and now LeBron's gone and my team is just hopeless? Or if... Let's say LeBron James had stayed on the Cavs his entire time, mm-hmm. not gone to Miami, and where they had only won one championship still, but they had remained competitive every single year, yet deep mm-hmm. into the playoffs, whether it's a finals appearance or an Eastern Conference finals appearance. As an owner, yes, you're trying to win, but you're also trying to generate revenue. It's hard to generate revenue when your team is just terrible, but mm-hmm. LeBron James, being on any team in the league, he automatically makes your team a playoff team. 100%. It doesn't matter what team he's on. You put him on the Chicago Bulls right now, they're making the Eastern Conference playoffs. They might be a threat to beat other teams just because of how no, great. And I understand that. Goes. I just wouldn't want him for the flight risk. Like Kobe, there is no flight risk. Well, Kobe tried to leave the Lakers, though. He demanded a trade. It's just luckily for the Lakers and their fans. They could his, his contract. His contract wasn't. No, they had um, an agreement in place with the Bulls, but Luol Deng, who is now on the Lakers and. I wish was not. Uh, but Luol Deng was part of that trade, and Kobe vetoed it because he wanted to play with Luol Deng. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so it was just lucky for the Lakers that Kobe was under contract, had two years left, so they didn't have to trade him. LeBron mm-hmm. James, a free agent, so they the Cavs couldn't do anything about it, and they left. I would just still rather know I have my superstar locked up and then, you know, go and get the Shaq and complete that than not having LeBron at all, possibly, for... The duration of my yeah, I mean, Shaq franchise. just comes along once in a lifetime. But all right, so yeah, yeah let's move on. Uh, <laughs> you know, LeBron last night having an incredible game, and it wasn't really even the game stats that we're going to talk about right now. I just keep reading everywhere that about this game last night. He just played different than he really has ever played. It's I, I, he dominated last night. Uh, we have his stats right here. You know, fifty-seven points. 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, 68% field goal percentage, 50% from 3. So, And let's preface that really quickly. So before that game, John Wall made some comments about the right. Cavaliers, which right. might have ruffled some of LeBron's feathers in that right. he was saying that the Cavaliers tanked last year to get the 2 seed instead of staying at the 1 seed so that they didn't have to meet the Wizards as early in the playoffs. And, and I don't know if that's just trash-talking or if that's something that's real. I know LeBron's one of the most John Wall, fierce When you're a team like the Wizards, you have to believe that. Yeah, it has to be John your Wall, mantra. Yeah, John Wall and the rest of the Wizards, I am 
not doubting. I'm sure that they do believe that. And mm -hmm. as a competitor, you have to think you're the best and that everyone else is I mean, not as good as you. Have, you always have you, to think. That's just John um, Wall being John But yeah, but then John Wall also said right before their matchup that the Cavaliers don't want to play the Wizards. So LeBron James, that stat line that you just read, Perry, that was him just making a statement to them like, do you not remember who I am? You do mm -hmm. not want to play me. It's the other way around. Um, I mean, speaking of right now, um, the Wizards are the eight seed, and the uh, Cavaliers are the ten seed. So neither of them have a lot of room to talk right now. Oh, They're not off to the best starts. That's just me making. I mean, a at quick, least they have a ring. Me, me making a quick joke. <laughs> me making a quick joke, obviously. But uh, yeah, let's let's keep going with that. Obviously, LeBron put up a crazy game last night. Fifty-seven points, the most. I wonder if uh, he, he doesn't play the next he, game. Uh, really quick, he <laughs> tied uh, Kyrie for, I believe, the most in yeah, franchise. Yeah, most points in franchise history. Kyrie is, got it back. LeBron's first year with the Cavs, um, when he came back, Kyrie got it against the Spurs. And after everything, this, after everything this year, <laughs> yeah. I think it's ironic enough that he is tying, tying, of course, Kyrie this number, not beating him by one, not one less, just tying that exact number. I think it's perfect for this year. Uh, but a great game by LeBron last night, obviously showing that he's not slowing down whatsoever. And this might be, as I said, I know we both picked Giannis to be our MVP candidates, but I know LeBron James was both. Yeah, uh, was on well, both I mean, of our lists very high. So. Giannis, they've both been looking really good. Exactly. Though. So Cavs um, need to step it up, though. They're in the 10 seed right now. I right. know we didn't have this as one of the topics we wanted to talk about, but let's just really quick talk about the Cavs' struggles and I know it's early, but know, like a, you mentioned, yeah. they're in the 10 seed. What are your initial impressions? Do you think uh, it's just a little... I, I think it's funny with every LeBron James team. I have no faith in the coach. I know it's just LeBron James. I don't think <laughs> Ty Lue is anything great. I didn't think the coach in Miami was all that great. I think he became a good coach after those years in Miami that he got to kind of ride the, LeBron made him a better the power team. Yeah, exactly. And then he is now a pretty good coach on a team that's borderline eight seed when it comes to crunch time later on this year and last year of course so i don't know uh the coaching it's just as soon as they start to struggle they immediately look to fire the coach and get someone there so i know there's a few injuries with it still out uh i know we're gonna talk about this a little bit later i might as well just talk about it now tristan thompson out for a month with a calf injury. Uh, I believe he suffered an Can't injury uh, on the game on Wednesday. <laughs> we reported that on Twitter. So I know, yeah, Tristan Thompson's out too. I'm not a huge fan of Tristan Thompson. I don't think Corbin is either. But yeah, uh, he's I, still. Uh, I mean, he's still out for a month. And he's one of the few actual like good big men that they I'm, have. I mean, Kevin Lovely got Tristan Thompson. Exactly. I mean, Maybe it doesn't matter. Fry, yeah, they're four and five, and that's because they had a really good game last night, and they, before that they were three and five, and everyone was kind of panicking that they were getting off to this terrible start. Yeah. So LeBron James came off with this and came with this superhuman game last night. Yeah, and, and it's it's really early too. It's, yeah, exactly. Would you say four so, and five? So nine games in, and they don't have yeah nine ten games. They don't have Isaiah Thomas, their starting yeah. point guard, right. the main piece they got back for Kyrie Irving. Derek, um, by the way, Derrick Rose last night. Something that no one's really talking about that I read, especially, and I saw a couple highlights. Derrick Rose played his best game when it comes to his aggression and taking it to the rim and opening up other plays. And on the wing, and because of his penetration, it was insane just seeing how he tacked the basket last last night. It was like just like watching the old Derrick Rose when it came to that step going inside, not obviously 
the same finish and everything. And he, LeBron was taking most of the opportunities last night. But good to see Derrick Rose looking the way he's looking this year, especially last game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, pretty much let's, let's move on to we have a fun kind of game we're going to play. It's kind of a post-divorce with LeBron and Kyrie to see who's doing better after the big breakup. And it was a big dramatic split between the two. And by the time it actually happened, because it takes a second to get to got to, to find the right suitor for Kyrie, LeBron was backing him up, talking about that's how you do the kid. And you know, I just wanted to talk about how who's who's doing better in the aftermath of this breakup. So let's start with Christian, our guest. Let's see what he's thinking on this. Kyrie looks like when one of your friends gets out of like a horrible relationship and he just like improves mentally and is just like happy. Like almost kind of like how Kevin Durant a little bit seems in uh, Golden State where he's just smiling and happy, you know, like it, it may not be the most just a like, better situation, you know. OK, so, you know, a lot of us would think, why would you why would you leave the Cavaliers? But if you're in a situation that truly does not make you happy and then to go to somewhere regardless if someone else thinks it's a better situation and it makes you happy, you can just visibly see that he looks happier. I think he's playing with a, like a slightly more, uh, like it's a different gear. And, uh, I think in terms of, uh, personal, not just team by team, I think it's Kyrie. I think he, you know, he got out of that bad relationship and he's, he's doing it. The Celtics are seven and two this year Mm -hmm. and the number one seed. It's so early. And, I mean, that's with Gordon Hayward going down five minutes into the season. So seeing Kyrie lead this team in the way that he's playing is extremely impressive. And the Cavaliers, of course, being the 10 seed compared to the Celtics being the 1 seed. This this year we can say when you're looking at the standings, it's looking like Kyrie is leading his team to a slightly better year. Without the superstar that... Seven and two. That's a great year. Yeah, I mean the Celtics. They started off zero and two. Got off to a little bit of a slow start. They've won seven straight since. Um, yeah, the Kyrie. I like, I like what you mentioned with the um, um, with the getting out of a relationship and just being a lot more happier and stuff. It was almost like when he was in his relationship with LeBron, though he just you didn't know that he wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. He's probably fake smile after he left, but. Yeah, now he is the unquestioned leader of the Celtics with Gordon, Hayward, mm-hmm. with Gordon Hayward going down. I'd still, I mean, who's doing better right at this moment? I guess you say Kyrie just because the Celtics have a better record. LeBron's having the better season LeBron's individually. LeBron's always going to be LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. Kyrie's there. I'd LeBron. still rather want to be a member of jer- the Cavs than the member of the Celtics. Even, if, I think, even if LeBron wears another jersey next year, he's still, it's still LeBron James. Well, he, making him happy is playing by himself. So I mean, he regardless wanted, of what we here think, would he be wanted his to right be decision. he wanted to be the best player on a team, and especially with Gordon Hayward going down, and we don't wish that upon anybody. And it's Never. such a terrible injury. Uh, he is the best player on the team right now, and he's leading them to a very impressive season. All right, so I'm going to move on to something we want to talk about. Something that Corbin and I agreed on when we were making our predictions for this year, our Rookie of the Year candidate. We thought it was going to be Ben Simmons, both of us together. So let's talk about his year so far and how the 76ers have been looking a little bit better after they started a little rocky. Yeah, so um, I mean, we both chose Ben Simmons to be our rookie of the year. I don't think either one of us thought that he'd be putting up the numbers that he's currently putting no. up. So it's been no. really impressive. And I think part of that is 
he was really good at LSU, but they didn't make the NCAA tournament. It was so a small. Somewhat, it was not such a big name school either. Yeah, small, you, small, you, small you, you somewhat you somewhat forget. Other than Kentucky, yeah, it's, small. That, it's like their football Alabama. Oh, right, we're talking, yeah, right, of course, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you somewhat forget about him during the tournament just because he's not playing. Then he gets drafted. But for a whole year, he's injured. He doesn't play. So coming into this year, yeah, I still remembered him being a really good player at LSU. The tournament really hurt him. The fact that, like, you know, he well, wasn't. I mean, he's still one number one That's not what I meant at all. Our perception. No, stop. No, I meant how, like, people people noticing him and people realizing who he was. It's because, you know, the tournament makes or breaks a lot of these players when it comes to building a fan base. I'm not talking whatsoever about draft stock. I'm not talking anything like that. I was talking to really hurt him when it came to people like us remembering how great he really was coming out of LSU. He didn't, you know, there was no tournament and some people have such a great, you know, all through tournament, go to the final four, all this stuff. And then that's what really busts their draft stock and drives them into the NBA and has momentum. He didn't really have that then suffering that injury and being out for a year. Everyone kind of forgot how great he was, but no one thought he was going to be this great. He's averaging 18 points, uh, 9.8, so pretty much 10 rebounds and 8.2 assists. That's pretty much a double-double. And pretty much, a pretty much a Actually, triple double. He has two triple doubles in his first nine games, and that's that's insane. And I remember there was one. I think it was six games in. Was that his first triple double? I think five that, or six. Uh, it was five or six. There was only one other player, and that was Oscar Robinson, you know, the big O. Mm-hmm. That he was the only one that did get a triple double within that time span of that a career. Really so yeah, that's um, really impressive. I and think. The, the most impressive thing out of what he's been doing so far, probably his points, just because he still doesn't really have much of a jump shot. He hasn't hit one three this year. He's taken, I think, five or six, so he's at least trying to expand his range. But even without a jump I mean, shot, when time he's still, does come, he will develop. A he's still shot. getting eighteen points per game. He's left-handed, but yet when he goes to the basket, he prefers to finish with his right. He's, so, he's a scary. He's a, he's pretty much he's this giant point guard, just like Giannis is doing right now. With him. Yeah. you know, it's just the fact that they're not true point guards, but they're listed as point guards. Sometimes it's pretty insane to see these type of players taking the ball up and just. Being such a force on the court, and the fact that the 76ers started just not, you know, not with a very great year, and we all were kind of just laughing that it was with Markel Fultz with some injury concerns, and it was just the same thing all over again. Uh, the 76ers are now the five seed, it's very early, they're tied, uh, they're five and four, they have played better as of late, so. Uh, it's pretty impressive to see how Ben Simmons has been such a leader on this team. Nine games in, he's really shown that if the game, you know, if you're looking at such a small sample size, this is a rookie of the year so far. He's almost averaging a triple-double. Uh, it's insane. Yeah, I think barring an injury, he's going to run away with rookie of the year. No one else as is really standing out. Yeah, which, I mean, I think he definitely will. One more thing is just his athleticism, I think, is something that also is just underrated because you just don't expect someone who's a six foot ten point guard to have uh, he just does so much different stuff that I think right. his athleticism kind of goes under the radar he had one play against the Hawks towards the end of their game where um, I forgot who was guarding him but they kind of sagged off him he had a lane to the basket he just shot by everyone because he is one of the fastest players um, his in the vi- NBA his probably. vision at six foot ten 
And the way he can control the game is crazy. And there's not a lot of players like that in the league. Yeah, and but he's so young too. So having that year off last year, he it didn't hurt him as much as it hurt Joel Embiid to be out as much with much more serious injuries. Well, Embiid yeah, played right. pretty so, well when he came no, back. Exactly. Yeah, he missed but two he, years. He, he did miss a long time. So yeah. Ben Simmons' injury wasn't too serious, and he did spend a lot of time working on his game, working on his shot, work, you know, working to get back because he knew he had a whole other year to train. And then come and you know perform for his rookie year, and boy, has he really performed because it's been nine games and eighteen points, pretty much yeah. ten rebounds and eight assists. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so let's, uh, I, one more thing I want to talk about sure. with Ben Simmons. Sure. Uh, last night, his jersey completely ripping, and this might have been the worst one yet. And this is now the fourth time that an NBA player's uh, jersey has ripped this season. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Because I, it's yeah. the new Nike jerseys. I want to talk to Christian real quick, and we'll let Corbin chime in right after. Um, Nike gets this brand new, you know, chance to get all these awesome jerseys there. They're ripping all over the place. What do you think? I think that Nike needs to get to the bottom of this. Uh, they did make comments, I believe, you know, two weeks ago. Uh, maybe a week, week and a half ago, about when the first or second one of this happened. They said they pinpointed it, and they were working on the problem. <clears throat> but now at this point, it's just continued to happen. And what, do you think they sent all these new teams, brand new boxes of these jerseys? No, slightly, in the NBA, they get new altered, Slightly altered or something. I'm not really sure what Nike's doing to improve this at this point, because now Ben Simmons looked like it to be the worst. It just completely tore last yeah, night. Yeah, it's not good for the guy's well, I think before the Ben Simmons one happened, the other three jersey tears, it's bad to have the jersey tear, but this Ben Simmons one made me think of something that I just didn't in the first three, is that what if the jersey comes undone and um, it's the end of a close game, and that jersey, it's ripped so far that it gets in the way if you're dribbling the ball or something you get by someone your jersey's ripped off well it's not even it wasn't even wearable after this yeah was well, terrible. I mean, it wasn't just like before with lebron james it was a tear between the numbers yeah exactly and that's that's yeah. what i'm saying is that this if it ends crazy. up now i realize that this is something that could end up affecting the actual gameplay this is something where if the jersey's ripped off as much as simmons could end up losing the ball someone could get injured having their finger get um Get um, caught on the jersey. This is end net, up breaking this, their fingers. There's, there's not pockets on basketball jerseys. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, this is net, has this <laughs> ever been an issue yeah. in past seasons? Has it ever been an issue? I don't remember. No, I remember. Really I think I said on our last podcast, um, Carl Malone one time on the Lakers, one his jersey time. ripped a little bit. It wasn't nearly as bad <clears> as the Ben Simmons one. One time. Even uh, was it Ron Artest, Malice, right. and Malice? That, Ron was Ron was Artest. Was that was just stretching. I was, I was, I was literally rip. about to bring that up right there, and that's hilarious because he was, he had his jersey completely yeah. going, stretched, and it, <laughs> it was, was like Superman, like and it still just wouldn't, wouldn't go. So the fact that the jerseys are ripping like this, is, <laughs> I don't know why you would switch to this type of jersey if it's gonna just tear like cloth like this. So well, I mean, Nike, Nike, Nike won the uh, bidding war with Adidas, and I'm sure Under Armour was a part of it. 
Um, but in the, but yeah, it's up. Is, is there it's on Nike. Do you Nike's think? Do you think there's something in the contract that if this continues to be a problem, that you know they can get out of it, or that I they can maybe no switch? Like, I don't know how. Just think, just, think, just think about that though. Like, imagine like this is Nike, supposedly the number one brand. I know Adidas is. Yeah, well, Nike's got to be incentivized on that. I know. I know Adidas has. Look I was looking at numbers. I forgot I mean, a few months ago. Adidas is creeping up there with Nike. It's so hard to make a jersey. No, it's pathetic. So I mean, I'm not like a in, uh, design uh, clothes designer, but can you just go in the football, take some of their cloth, yeah. scrap? A I mean, just yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just sucks that we had to change this year. Obviously, some of the jerseys look pretty cool. Some of them didn't. Yeah. The I know was, the I, ones that don't. Are really the ones quick, with just the ads really quick them. on the jerseys. Let's just talk about Ish. the. Let's talk about the logos. I know we haven't brought this up too much. What, I want to hear everybody's thoughts. I know we all feel a little similar on the fact that we're turning more into a soccer league with you know other companies all over jerseys. Now it's just a small patch up in the uh, kind of near the shoulder, and yeah. in soccer it's pretty much just the New York Jeeps, you know. With, <laughs> With them, so it's gotten that bad, and it's just—I don't know—I don't. I, re- I know for me, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan at all of putting any of these companies on the jerseys. I just want to hear no. what you guys thought about that. So yeah, I don't like it. We spoke about it um, on one of our last few podcasts yeah. a little bit. I just don't hear Christian. Don't like it. Um, you guys know our takes. Yeah, Christian, let's just hear what you have to think about this. I don't like it for the same reason. I like the fact that USC has had the same jersey and is consistent. Like over and over and over. So yeah, speaking, just, speaking of that, we're uh, we're going to the USC game tonight. Yes. So we're gonna watch, we're gonna watch them play U of A. If you got any Arizona fans listening, I'm sorry. I actually went to, uh, to me Perry actually <laughs> went to Arizona State, so I'd love to see uh, USC. Did you say just, you and Perry went? No, to? I just said I Perry. I just oh, want to okay. let them know that was my <laughs> talking. I, uh, I went to ASU, I so I would love to. Them. I would love to see U of A. Lose tonight. <laughs> I live in LA now, right next to Corbin here at USC. So, yes. love to see this game. Yes. I'm going with the boys. Really quickly, um, before we move on to another topic we had scheduled to talk about, let's. Well, we're still somewhat on the Sixers. Really quickly, just about Markel Fultz. So he's been having issues with his shoulder. It's kind of been going on ever since training camp. Um, what are your guys' thoughts about? Is this something that the Sixers should be concerned about? Long term, um, Markel Fultz changed his entire shooting form. His shot at Washington, I loved his form. I thought it was a high release point. He could create his own shot over defenders all the time just because of that high release point. He shot over 40% from three. Now all of a sudden he's Phil- changing Philadelphia it. moved up to grab Markel Fultz. Yeah, so. yeah. Moved up to grab him. He's a really good athlete too. Not phenomenal, but... Definitely above average. And doesn't Jason uh, Tatum just look so good right now? I uh, going <laughs> back to, going back to our tweet that we put out about him. His starting out, starting out, start, Jason Tatum starting out with a double double to get his career started was very impressive. Our tweet, you know, really blew up. So yeah, but was, Markel Fultz agent first said that Markel Fultz had fluid drain from his shoulder. Then he rescinded that comment and said that no, it was actually a cortisone shot injected into his shoulder. He originally was supposed to be out for just three games. Now it's looking like it's going to be at least a few weeks. And I know his Christian shooting, has his own thoughts on yeah, 76 or his, his shooting form has not looked good. 
His free throw form he changed for some reason. That looks horrible. Disgusting. Um, yeah, Christian, what wow. are your thoughts Okay, on well, that? just those words coming out of Corbin real quick. I mean, you know his thoughts on it. Just yeah, horrible, disgusting. So, yeah, well, Christian. Well, that's still... I know, I know Christian's got his own thoughts on the 76ers rookie injury <laughs> concerns always. So let's see. Let's see. Christian, you go. If you have, like, for maybe like the 20 or 30 of you that have listened to the one that I was on, uh, like, six or seven ago, uh, <laughs> and the, the reason why the 70. It's good to have Christian back on, too. So um, The reason why the 76ers won't be successful isn't, like, they're just stockpiling talent, but they're not doing anything with it. Like, you have a shooting coach that is allowing him to like change his release point and to like now shooting lower and shooting his like beeline shots like towards the basket, which is it the is, most effective way to shoot? In yeah, that's what the question is. People don't know if he changed his form because of his injury, yeah, exactly, or if the state changed the form and that created the injury. It's just the same shit you always see with the 76ers, like. Like you said, the agent saying one thing, then rescinding it, and then now we're, we're questioning, is he changing his shot form because of the injury when we're not given a, a clear answer? And, you know, in this process, our process of processing their process, um, <laughs> we have to uh, not see him on the court to, for us to evaluate him. You know, there's just these closed-door practices now where – for what you know, I said a couple weeks he's going to be out, so we're going to be in the dark. All we know um, is that ben, back. ben Simmons has led the way this year with obviously yeah. Embiid having yeah, a great yeah, I, I like the Sixers as a team. I think they have the most promising young court in the NBA. I don't think they're still really about, about rowing with one more. <laughs> but uh, speaking of uh, other young cores, I wanted to talk about Porzingis had this crazy play. I don't know if anybody saw this on Twitter. We retweeted it. He just completely rejected someone's family. Just complete, <laughs> completely swatted the ball away. He's a send sorry. Yeah, completely a sentence handwritten sorry note. He completely swatted this away and then ran the floor. And right when it was perfect, they hit him in transition. And he finished it with a monstrous dunk. So that was so impressive to see. I remember a few games ago... He hit a three from the K, like in the Knicks on the middle of the court. He hit a three from all the way back there just like it was casual. So he's a different kind of player. I know his body type is going to always change as the seasons go on. He'll get more and more impressive with his body type. He'll fill out. But just how he's so young and seeing how he is this year, he he said he was going to be, you know, most improved. And he's put up such a crazy year. He has put up how, how many? He's put up twenty nine points, seven point eight rebounds, and one assist. Yeah, a so over one block. he was talking about wanting to win all these awards, most improved, all of those awards, and he's coming out and improving his points by ten plus, and it's so impressive to see him lead such a mediocre Knicks team to a four and four record so far, and that's all him. So. No let's mellow. just yeah, let's yeah. with no mellow there. That's all Frank for that. And just like Kyrie's team, and just like Kyrie's team on in Boston, starting seven and two, this is Porzingis' team now, and they're four and four. It's not spectacular, but he is the leader. Yeah. He's putting up crazy highlights, and he put up a crazy, crazy game, and he's just going to get better and better. Yeah, I think uh, definitely without Carmelo there, it helps him. He's just able to expand his game and show what he can do without having to defer to anyone else. I don't think that the 29 points he's going to be able to keep that up. 
keep that up for the entire season. Part of it's just, like you mentioned, his body. Yes, he's getting a little bit bigger, starting to fill out, but he's still, and I know it's tougher because he's seven foot three, so he's kind of stretched out, but still kind of smaller compared to other players that he's going to play against in terms of just strength. Yeah, 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 like Tristan Thompson, I guess. Um, Yeah, Boogie for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think part of it, he'll, he'll wear down a little bit as the season goes on. I think he'll probably end up with around 25, 26 a game, which is still really impressive. I'm so that. impressed of how he's led this team after the Knicks got such an awful off season, off season getting Car- uh, Carmelo out the way they did. And I don't know, one thing I want to bring up that I know wasn't even on our agenda, just to bring up a spot check really quick, Paul, the Paul George trade, I know we were talking about our post-divorce I want to just Ooh. talk about Paul George yeah. and the Pacers and how we feel about that because they're playing pretty well this year. They're 5-4, and four, nothing in, too spectacular, of course, but Victor Oladipo is playing amazing this year. I believe it's like 23 points a game. Something like that's a bonus. is putting up almost a double-double. So uh, I'm, I want to talk about what your guys' thoughts are on that trade. I know it's so awesome that the Thunder has this big three. Just, it feels like the Heat, again, everybody wants to see that for basketball. As a fan, everybody wants to see those power teams happen nowadays. That's just how basketball is, of course. But I want to talk about Jess. I want to talk about Jess, the details of this trade, and us looking at it from... Kind of who won the trade? Yeah, I want, I, want to, I want to revisit that now and talk about from the Pacers and Paul George post-divorce... Who won this trade? Because I, uh, you know, I'm gonna pull up Sabonis's stats too. Okay. But well, while uh, you're while you're pulling up nine you know, games, then it's gonna yeah. look like it's I'm, gonna be the Pacers. But I still no, I, I still hate this trade. I mean, even okay, if, I mean, you put you put Oladipo and Sabonis on a team that, besides Miles Turner, has pretty much no one. Even I mean, the worst is, teams, even the worst teams in the NBA, they're going okay, to score let's, around let's 90 not, no, to 95 but this, points This is game. why I wanted to bring it up because I remember seeing the stat line two days ago. I didn't want to talk about it before I had it in front of me. Demonte Sabonis, he is averaging a double-double. Like I said, 13.2 points, 10.6 rebounds, and he's playing significant minutes. And Oladipo is averaging about 23 points a game. That's your leading scorer by far on a team that everyone's averaging about 13, 14, 15 points a game. They're actually very balanced. I was looking at their stat line like two days ago, and I was very impressed, to be honest, on how the team that we really weren't too high on, no one was, is competing at least, just like the Lakers are competing at least, and it's impressive to see some of these young core, or all of these young core players playing so well together. But Sabonis is averaging a double-double, and that I'm, I didn't know too much about Sabonis in this trade. I just knew that he was more of a project player compared to Oladipo, who was kind of a burnout, slightly. Eh, I wouldn't call him a burnout, not a burnout just but just what, not did, a star. But just did definitely, but now he is kind of the star. Twenty-three yeah, points a I game, think and two he's two a things. Player, so. Two things. One is it's nine games into the season, so yeah, real, real bad. Gotta, oh, we're talking about the. Just like obviously off the small sample size, right, right, and then the other one you mentioned that Sabonis has been playing some significant minutes. When you're on a terrible team, and the Pacers will be a terrible team, they are a terrible team, and their record will show it by the end of this year. Um, someone's so going that, to have to pick up the stats. When you're playing a ton of minutes, 
even the worst teams in the NBA, they're going to score 90, 95, 100 points per game. So whoever's playing, they're going to get those points. Oladipo, yeah, he's impressed me with the way he's been playing. 23 points per game or whatever he's averaging. That's really impressive. I didn't think that he'd be doing that for the Pacers. I thought that Miles Turner would be their high scorer. Oladipo is just getting a chance to kind of spread his wings as the number one scoring option on the Pacers. I saw a video of him the other day. It was an alley-oop, and he flew up there. Yeah, but so his, he athleticism, showed, he showed his athleticism has never and been... But everyone kind of forgot about it a little bit. His athleticism like, never been something yeah, that... That's never been the problem. You also it, don't it, get mellow without Paul George. I mean, do you get yeah. no, 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 he does not wave his no trade. He does not wave his no That's the reason why they still win. Oh, okay. So, you, so, so yeah. if you don't so get back, so, you so, so back to the question, you Christian, you, you say that Paul George wins this trade and not the Pacers. No, 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 I think the Thunder win this trade because yeah, that's, what I, mean. that's what I mean. They get Paul George, and because they get Paul George, they can then get mellow okay, to wave so, the trade clause because it's not like they just so pretty much. Trade. I, I was talking about Paul George and Indiana's divorce. So look, Paul, Paul I think when you look so at you're it, saying Paul George wins this trade, you know, right? you know, you can bring what up about stats. what about you, Corbin? What do you, th- do you who do you think won this? Paul George wins this trade. I don't think there's a question about it. Paul no, George. Paul George is the... because Paul George is on the Thunder. Yeah, he got traded to 100%. some other okay, crappy so team. Then exactly. maybe not, but he's on the Thunder. Um, the Thunder. They got Carmelo. They got Westbrook. They got Paul George. Steve they also have Stephen Adams. Adams. Yeah, they're going to be in a position to contend. The Pacers. Right. What are they? Four and five right now, right? Right. So hovering around five hundred. Even if they hover around five hundred and somehow sneak into the playoffs, so what? Then you're stuck in mediocrity still. It's better for the Pacers if they start playing like we expect them to, which is not well, and lose more games because then they can actually get a good pick in who could help turn around the future of that franchise. Right. Um, yeah, so I just I don't think I, I agree. I was going to wait and bring that up right at the end just like we did just about obviously Carmelo coming and waving his no trade clause strictly because of that, of Paul George coming there. So uh, clearly because, because of that, that's so... Awesome to see, and I know that at some point when it comes playoff time, playoff time, that's going to be something that it's going to be intriguing. I hope that there's they go a good far. team in the middle of nowhere. I hope they go far. So, <laughs> I mean, it's such a small market with right? limited with limited assets, and that shows that some such, things uh, such great moves to bring all of those players, and it's all because of Russell Westbrook yeah, and the NBA creating. A but I did want to. But I did want to bring up that the Pacers, you know, Sabonis averaging a double double, and all the people having yeah. that kind of year. They did. Hey, um, Jess, I want to talk about our reaction at first. We were like, oh, that was for absolutely nothing. That, that absolutely, that was the worst trade. I they got, at, they got really nothing. And, and I know, I know they could have got more. more bit of validity I know they could have got more, but I know Christian always talks about culture change here. And they had to get rid of Paul George because of how everything was happening and there. They, and they got rid of him, put him in a good, put him in a good situation. So that shows that they, you know, really helped him out. And he clearly didn't, they got a good return back from, instead of him just riding out this year and him running off to LA or wherever else he wanted to go. Hopefully next year, next next year, (laughs) next year we'll see. In LA, of course. We'll see next year, but I just wanted to bring up the fact that Sabonis is playing significant minutes and Playing very well as well as about Yeah, really quickly. Way so, too much talk on the yeah, Pacers. Yeah, now. we're talking, you mentioned culture change, so that brings us, segues us nicely into our last topic. Uh, we want to end with another debate. So the Los Angeles Lakers hosted the Brooklyn Nets last night. 
Um, and for anyone who has been living under a rock, um, yeah, the Lakers traded their former number two overall pick, D'Angelo Russell, to the Nets over the offseason. Uh, traded him along with Timothy Mozgov, yes. So, cleared his horrible contract. Bad is not... Horrible isn't a strong enough word. The worst contract. contract ever. Eh, I don't know, because we have Luol Deng. Luol Deng. No, but Luol Deng, I don't know, Mozgov's might have been worse, but... Yeah, um, but, um, yeah, so Russell was traded along with Mozgov to yeah, the Nets no, I, for Brooke Lopez right. and the number 27 overall no, pick. Okay, so, <laughs> so this is a huge debate that Corbin and I have had. I like that Christian's here for it, too. He, Corbin was such a big D'Angelo Russell fan, and I was too. I really liked him too. Well, I'd say a Dick but Renner. Corbin, re, yeah, Corbin, <laughs> Corbin really felt uh. <laughs> felt a special way for him. And I want to bring up the Lakers four and five. They are tied for the eleven seed, and it's not anything spectacular either. But we were talking about five and four, so just with a small sample size, they are competing. They just lost to the Blazers. On just a, a, they lost with Damian Lillard hitting a last second yeah, three, and if he didn't hit that three, they would have been five and four. We would have been talking about the fact that they have a winning Two record. So the fact that they're playing players. great that says a lot right there. And last night they did face off, and we were able to see this because they hauled Brooke Lopez. And I know from the beginning I was the one that said, and I know no one really disagreed, of course, but Brooke Lopez. It was first or second in every single category in Nets history, and that was something I was high on. And I knew that he still was at the end of the prime of his career, and he was going to be a big contributor to the Lakers this year and put up some serious games. And last night, he put up 34 points and 10 rebounds, and the pick that we got was is now Kyle Kuzma, and that was ironic enough to see that last night was his first NBA start on the Los Angeles Lakers uh, obviously, Julius Randle is playing very well off the bench in limited minutes, but I don't, you know, everything kind of everything fell apart, and he's now on the bench. Uh, but he's playing well off there, and now Kyle Kuzma, who a lot of Laker fans did want to see in the starting lineup after being the summer league MVP. I know I'm a huge fan, Corbin. I know I know you're a huge fan too. I know you're a huge fan of Kyle Kuzma. All of yeah, us are yeah. so. 24, you know, he, Kyle Kuzma, right, he was from Utah, and the thing is that people forget is that he was at college for a lot longer than a lot of these players, so he is more NBA ready mm-hmm. than DM. Yeah, so Some people do get misled on talent, like, you know, players get drafted a little higher because they have a little more potential down yeah, the road. Yeah, well, that's what, you also have to tamper, he's playing really well as a rookie, he's had those two extra years because he stayed for three years right. instead of one that most top players stay for. So he's a little bit older, which means that his yeah his ability to keep growing and keep moving forward, he's not got as much potential as someone putting up those numbers who's nineteen. He's exactly. 21, 22 years old. But hopefully, but this, still yeah, but still a great. But now he's earned Lakers. he's earned himself a starting yeah. spot, and the numbers. That, but listen, listen to this: this the numbers that he put up last night. He put up twenty four points. And 13 rebounds. So he put up a double-double last night, 24 points. That's extremely impressive, especially uh, with Brooke Lopez facing his former team, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, for the first time, putting up 34 points and 10 rebounds. Have a night, Brooke Lopez. Ingram as well. Let's give him some shout-out, too. He had 18 points and 10 rebounds, so he got a double-double as well. Looked a little bit more fluid. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers have been completely consistent all all the way down the roster the entire year this year. So the Lakers have played very well, yeah. and Randall's played well off the bench. Let's, Everyone's played well completely consistently. Let's just keep it in terms of yeah. the trade, though, and who we yeah, think okay, won. Yeah, so, so, so 
really quickly, Kuzma, he's 22, so I just looked that up. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, a little older than it's old um, junior. Right. most freshmen come in. They're 19, maybe, right. just at the end of he 18. But, yeah, but the trade, so Kyle Kuzma, I don't consider him part of that trade. Yes, we, yes the Lakers got okay. him at number 27 overall, but the Lakers also had the 28th okay. overall pick. I look at that trade for the 27th overall pick as more ended up getting Josh Hart and Thomas Bryant out of it because the Lakers traded the 28th pick for the 30th and the 42nd. Kyle Kuzma was not going to go number 27 overall if the Nets were picking. No one else most likely had him that high on their board. The Lakers could have gotten him at 28. Who knows? So I, I mean, I know in our mock draft that we did a long time ago, I was helping Christian a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And we're I, 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 we're helping each other. I had him pick Kyle Kuzma around 27, 28, which was but, ironic enough. Yeah. So. I will say that if the Lakers, if it was either they had to do this trade with the Nets and then they could get Kyle Kuzma at 27, or else if they didn't do it, he was going to be picked at 27 and the Lakers would not have him on their team, then that makes it a lot closer as far as we're also forgetting the cap we're also forgetting the cap yes, relief the cap that is Timofey the Mozgov that we relieved his contract so I want to talk about that and the but fact the that trade because that was a huge part of the trade too that was a big reason why they were able to cut ties with Russell so and with Mozgov gone too and with that kind of space to where we can at least for sure go after one max player with the squad that we have they right could have gone after one max player okay but now we have the possibility to go for they two they still don't even have the room for two they but actually. Julius Randle's not even in the starting lineup anymore so clearly he's maybe we can get rid of Lyle Dang maybe you know, so, so okay look so let but, magic be magic and let us okay so if we can get give me an actual tangible Way Listen, so if we can get rid of Luau Dang, that's going to be a dream come true, but that's not obviously realistic, right? <laughs> the second, we're talking about this trade that we got rid of Mozgov, and that was the first contract we needed to get rid of Thank to you. be able to have us be in a position this offseason to make any of this happen. So last night they went 124 to 112, and that was an impressive all the way around effort from the Lakers. The Nets never bad night either. I know uh, when I checked, it was uh, D'Lo had. 17, 7, and 7. So he put up good numbers too. I yeah, he shot 33%. Yeah. I mean, good, yeah, obviously looking like he looked on the Lakers, nothing different to me really. Uh, if yeah, you, but I was expecting him to put up closer to like 23. Also, D'Angelo on the year, on I know it's early. I know it's early, but he is averaging 21 points per game, only shooting 30% on three, which is a little disappointing. But 21 points per game to go along with four and a half rebounds, five assists. Um, he's shooting 44 and a 45% on the year, which is higher than with the Lakers. He shot around 40, 41%. Um, I just think it was way too early to give up on D'Angelo Russell and that same trade clearing D'Angelo Russell and clearing, um, Timothy Mozgov off the books, that trade could have been made at mid season. I just would have really liked to have seen how D'Angelo Russell, who is a really good passer in his own right, could have played with Lonzo ball defensively. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been a struggle. KCP is also speaking, not the one who has to pay. Speak, to speaking of, uh, of course, speaking you have to fork that cash up. Yeah, I mean, getting rid of Moscow was my favorite part of this deal. Of course, that would put us in a position to actually make stuff happen this offseason. But speaking of Lonzo Ball, who did come in to be his replacement at point guard, he Lonzo Ball has only put up eight point eight points 
and 6.6 total rebounds and 6.7 assists. So that's consistent numbers across, and that's not terrible numbers at all, uh, of course, for a rookie coming in. But with Lonzo Ball, with yeah, the Lonzo Ball height. Listen to the Lonzo Ball mania. That's think about terrible. Think about LeVar Ball and his expectations. Think about what he's yeah, doing to yeah. this poor boy at home right now. He's probably doing wall sits just while he's eating his cereal in the morning. Uh, you know, Lonzo Ball's playing well, and he's making it in very amazing passes, great decisions when it comes down to it, but just not playing like Ben Simmons is, uh, and there's no excuse really considering Ben Simmons did have to sit out for a year, and they're both playing the rookie year. Uh, Lonzo Ball, I know he was on both of our lists, correct, for... Uh, rookie of the yeah, year. Yeah, I think we two. both had number two. I think it was like right two. It was two or three. You know what I mean? Something like that. I think it was two. But he is going to get close to a triple double, and I know he's going to get some triple doubles this year. But you know, besides that, like, uh, you know, I really, I don't know. I really like this trade. Lonzo Ball has nothing to do with this except for the fact that they had more confident. Uh, they were more confident to get rid of Russell and give him the point guard reign. But I like. I love this trade because they got rid of Mozgov. They were able to bring in Brooke Lopez, who is such a contributor, and we don't have anyone that's consistent on at the center position. We don't have a rim protector. Andrew Bogut's not working out the way that anyone thought, if anyone did think that. I know that no one really has too much faith in him anyways uh, on a year-to-year basis now with all the injury problems that he has and how he's floated around the NBA. Yeah, but yeah. Zubak hasn't had a spot on this Lakers team. Thomas Bryant was starting for our G League team last time that I checked. Yeah. And other than that, you know, this is Brooke Lopez's position. And without him, who, yeah, knows, but who, kn- but who knows who would be down there and who knows if we'd be even close to 500 right now. And this man just put up a double-double and over 30 points but on just his my, former my team. And he's looked extremely good this season. Who so. cares that he looks so good because... If everything works if out anything, the way the Lakers he, we want, we talked about this. He could take a budget contract at the end of the season. I know, but if he does stay, I think it's, where else it's, is he that's go? somewhat likely, just because there aren't many teams projected to have the cap space. He's been uh, in the, he's been on the Nets his whole career. He's not trying to go chase a ring right now. He's just trying to end his career, and he seems extremely like happy. Twenty nine. He seems extremely. No, 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 I'm not saying. I didn't say that. End his career with a team that he wants to build with. Like he seems extremely happy there. I can't even say end his career right now. I said well, he doesn't want to make more money. I don't think he's trying to go chase a ring right now. That's not his intention. I don't think. I think he's going to take a budget contract, let them build, because the Lakers have a lot of anticipation with who they can bring in this year. And I think that this off season is going to be crazy, just like last off season was one of the most crazy off seasons yeah, of so all time. Pretty, Probably the most insane off season of all time. I know we were. I think I would also take into consideration that D'Angelo Russell was a culture change. I don't know, like you said, like Christian loves like, the culture change. But like, no, he wasn't in Magic's vision. Magic said that, like he, he did say. That. He was, I mean, he's a little bit of a fuckboy. He's super talented, but the stuff with uh, Nick Young, like, come on, that's not what you want uh, a player. He did say that. That I is mean, an adult. He, so, I mean, it clearly, his, um, as someone who's played sports at a really high level, like I'm telling you, that kind of stuff plays a bigger factor into things than you'd like. Just anticipate throwing just sheer talent at the problem, hoping it like just solves itself. Like it, it takes like someone to guide the ship and it doesn't always take the nicest and biggest ship to get the job done. I mean, Perry's girlfriend, I think, can uh, attest to that. Okay. So. Okay. Well, no, okay. <laughs> awesome. awesome. So, all right, let's, let's end on that. All right, yeah, so, I, all right, so, we're, all right, so pretty much, 
Chris is gonna end like that. But I'm gonna talk like this, and I'm gonna say that the late, the late, just like I thought before, the Lakers won this trade, and by far, I think the Lakers won this trade. I'm, I liked Russell. I'm not huge on Russell, but uh, you know, I really liked the fact that Kuzma was able to come. I like Hart. I really like Thomas Bryant. They're pieces for our team going forward. And just to give up Russell to get rid of Mozgov in that contract, I think the Lakers won this trade. I know Corbin disagrees, so we're just going to have to yeah. uh, agree to disagree on this one. Yeah. We'll, uh, he has we'll, a poster of D'Angelo Russell underneath his bed not in a Lakers uniform. All right, cool. So, yeah, I just want to thank you, thank you guys for listening on this one. I know we were all together and we had a lot of fun on this one. Uh, all, three, all three of us are best friends, so we're always joking around. And, you know, we are really having a lot of fun with this podcast. We appreciate all of the interaction we've been getting on our Twitter page, all the views and listens we've been getting on our podcast and SoundCloud page. So make sure to go both uh, to go to both of those if you want to listen, especially on this one, episode 11. Uh, this might have been, this was more of a LeBron episode in the beginning, and I felt like we were talking about the Eastern Conference the whole time until we were able to, uh, you know, switch to the end and bring up the Lakers a bit, who is our hometown. We're here at USC right now. We're going to the game. So and we need to hurry up. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to go, so we're going to wrap this up now. But yeah, uh, we, had, yeah, we had a ton of fun with this podcast. I want to thank Christian for thank obviously. Thank you for again. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, Christian, it's a pleasure. Almost 10% of your podcast. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank, you know, thank you so much for coming on. You know, for, uh, Christian, you know, but I want to bring up. You know, he was on. <laughs> he no, it's listen. I know, I screwed up. He was, he, was on our, uh, he was on our process episode, and that was a funny one, too. So I want to thank Christian for that. And I wanted to wrap that up there. So go uh, bring us some interactions on Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow me, uh, I'm Perry. Uh, P-E-R-R-Y-A-S-T-O-N Corbin at Corbin M-R-P-K Christian, what's yours again? At uh, McGowan75 Alright, so go follow him on there I want to thank him again for being He is a former D1 athlete So his uh, views and his takes are always appreciated And uh, his, his humor as our friend is always fun on here too So thank you guys for listening And we're going to wrap this up So we'll yeah. see you guys next yeah, time Yeah, thank you guys all for listening to NBA Unwrapped Where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NBA I'm Corbin Weinerman. Great podcast tonight. Um, really enjoyed having Christian on. Um, always fun when you're on, Christian. Love you, got a lot of, you got jokes for days. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you guys all for listening again. Like Perry mentioned, you can listen to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at NBA. Show the app. love on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Follow yeah, we Twitter. really appreciate it. We love interacting with yeah, you we guys. Yeah, so. we work super hard on Twitter. We're really uh, you know, trying to give it everything that is important to you guys at all times. If it's humor, if it's some, an awesome play, we'll retweet it. We'll shoot you with all of our sources that we have. So it's all of our sources at once. So you get everybody and everything that's happening. And we really appreciate everyone that's interacting with us and responding to our tweets. So shoot us there on our SoundCloud, so on our uh, Twitter, and our go Twitter. to our SoundCloud and our podcast. Yep. All right. Thank, Thank you guys, guys all for listening. Take care. I hope guys. you guys join in next time. All right. Go USC. Yes. Fight on. <laughs> Fight on.